Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is brought to you by the Lagunitas Brewing Company's Chicago Taproom and Beer Sanctuary. That is a mouthful. Come for fresh beer, live music, and killer food Wednesdays through Sundays, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Bring your group and hop on a brewery tour seven days a week. Swing by the Lagunitas Tap Room in Pilsen or find some near you at Lagunitas.com. Life is uncertain. Don't sip. <laughs> you know, I usually get taglines. I'm kind of interested. In it. By the way, I've done the brewery tour and it's very cool. I want to, from now on, think of a tagline for every ad we get. So good. Beer. Drink, Drink it. it. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshipping. And the theme this week is social media crushes. Gross. Ugh. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen. Hello. Wow, I have so many things that I could tell you about right Ooh, now. Oh, pick a good one. None of them are that good. Oh, pick a bad one. I got a new wallet and I'm trying to make it like stay together. You know what I'm saying? Like you put too much stuff in your wallet and then you need to like sit on it. Oh, is it like falling open? Yes, it is falling open. So I have it on my butt. and Up your butt? Uh, inside. My pants. Okay. My jean pocket. And that's it. That's my whole story. What's with you, Jen? What is with me? Watching a lot of TV? Watching a lot of reruns of Survivor. Uh, what else? Hey, Ian, I noticed you cut out my little uh, 20 minute rant about Survivor in that one episode. What was that about? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, uh, t- he took a little uh, editorial uh, direction from himself and decided to cut out <laughs> the part where I talked about Survivor. Okay, we're putting it back in. Let's, yeah. let's okay, start. So, this is what Ian cut out from a couple episodes ago, <laughs> starting I love, now. I love how you're uh, like pointing the blame squarely on Ian because I didn't notice either <laughs> so what well, you give us an updated thing so you're watching survivor jeff probst is still the host jeff probst the most botoxed man on television i'm looking up up on the internet while he you is, he's been on tv since uh 2000 and he still looks basically the same his, wow. i imagine there are probably six to twelve people to handle his skin yeah uh probably more people to handle his hats handle his eyebrows and no shade man he looks good i mean for someone who spends 12 hours a day in the sun looks pretty good like that's the thing i always tell myself when i start comparing myself to actors and actresses and stuff like that is i'm like you know what i don't get paid to look attractive and i don't have the money that they do that that they do to themselves that's what happens it's like a cycle it's like you get paid to be attractive and then you use that money to make yourself more attractive then you get paid to be attractive and then you use that money to upkeep your attractiveness exactly it's a cycle and like i'm happy to not have to deal with that more power to anybody who does right it's kind of like a business expense at that point oh totally like your face is what's appearing on tv it it has to look a certain way to meet certain unfair standards yes uh what was i going to say about jeff probst i just have so much to say oh another thing um (laughs) every celebrity has had professional work done on their face oh yeah everyone botox other surgeries of all kinds like he's even mentioned it before on a show that's awesome i know i was kind of proud of him honestly i think it's important for us to talk more openly about what it actually takes to look like that yeah because our expectations of what we look like at like you know 50 60 whatever are very different from what will actually occur 
Yeah, like, uh, you know, the Golden Globes were last night and all the celebs I follow on, on Instagram were posting their getting ready photos. And I feel like a mix of like curiosity, alarm, interest in how long it takes for them to look that way. It yeah. kind of freaks me out. Well, what what did you find out? What's What are the hot deets? Well, uh, so Heidi Klum posts like getting ready. They're not super cuts. What, what are they called? Oh, like, like uh, so like they filmed it all day and then, then they made it real fast yeah, so you yeah, could see yeah. the whole day? Yeah. What is that called? I don't know. Oh, well, you, but you totally interpreted time that. Time lapse. That's the one. So she did a time lapse. And she, like, set up the camera right in front of her as people were doing her hair and makeup and then, like, you know, zoomed it over the amount of hours. So many people. I, I, like, try. I watched a couple seconds of it and it's like, whoa, whoa, look, so that one person's just working on her right cheek. That person's got her left eye. Oh, my God. Who's that? Where'd that person come from? Like a team. Like a pit crew. A but pit for a cr- face. Yeah, just a face. That's really interesting. It was It was scary. Like, because I would feel a combination of things. One, I would feel like a weird Frankenstein, you know, like people like surgering me together. To have that many people that close to your face sounds pretty terrible. Yeah. But then also, you know, you'd feel like a work of art. Yep. You know, but then also like you look in the mirror after that and you're like, who the fuck? I know. Like, I already feel that way. And I really like use just concealer and lip stain. You know, (laughs) I can't imagine if I had a pit crew on like my left tit and my right foot. Yeah. What I would look like. <laughs> Those <laughs> like are my pers- two th- most attractive parts of my body. That person gets paid $100,000 a year to strap in Trin's foot. And <laughs> <laughs> my left tit. <laughs> okay. Maybe we should move the heck on. I don't see why. Um, but uh, speaking of uh, altering your appearance, speaking of that of Instagram, speaking of social media, nice. we got there. It's time for social media crushes. Jen, with the first question. Whoa. I'm sorry, I was, I was channeling like Jeff Price, Yeah, you were. I liked it. I was friends with someone for years and had a quiet crush on them. Then, a number of months back, they started to move the friendship into romantic territory, and I took that chance because I was definitely interested in smooches. <laughs> but when it came time for the smooches, it just didn't work out between us. They backed far away from the entire friendship and stopped talking to me. I was hurt and said some not great things that I regret. I can tell from a little they said that the friendship is done. They just aren't in a place where they can be my friend. But here's the thing. They still follow me on Twitter. They are still friends with me on Facebook, Snapchat, Steam even. I don't know why they haven't unfriended me if they feel as strongly as they do. I feel weird unfriending them because I miss the friendship and still have a desire to keep the lines of communication open. Plus, we have many mutual friends and professional acquaintances on these social networks, which makes me feel even stranger about unfriending them. But the social media reminders of a lost friendship are hard to ignore and still sting. Is it time for me to just cut those strings? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't think uh, you mentioned uh, professional acquaintances. I don't think your professional network will suffer at all from you just quietly unfollowing. Yeah. And honestly, like if you wanted to keep them on just LinkedIn and like that's that's a message, you know, that's a, we are only in friends in this context. And you did say you wanted to keep the lines of communication open, but unfriending or unfollowing on social media is definitely not closing a door. It's like closing the screen door because you can always follow them again. You know their name. that You know their handle. Yeah. And it sounds like you are open to them contacting you and they can do that if they want. Just because you don't follow them on Twitter doesn't mean, like you said, you're you're not slamming the door closed and locking it. Totally. Totally. I actually went through this before. Oh, um, really? I, I had a Twitter crush situation and we both unfollowed each other to like, you know, cleared out of our systems or whatever. This was like a long ass time ago. And then I followed them again and they followed me back. And now we're Twitter friends again. But that's the only context we have is we are social media friends. And it was really healthy because we took that time off. So it seems that no matter 
what way you want this to end. So whether you want to be tight again or you want to like never speak again, take care of you right now in the present. And that would be unfollowing them. Yeah. You said it stings every time you see their name. Yeah, definitely unfollow on Snapchat, on Facebook, on Steam. And the other thing is that, do you want this person to keep following you? That's a good point. Does that make you feel weird? Yeah, because there is the option of the soft block. Oh, Trin, explain, explain. The soft block. The soft block is when you block a person on a social media site and then quickly unblock them. What happens then is that they unfollow you and they don't get like a notification about it or anything. And then they would have to opt in to follow you again. And I think that that would also give you a sign, you know. So if you soft blocked this person and then they sought you out again to follow you, it's like, okay, well, maybe that's a cue that they want to be social media buds. But either way, again, taking care of present you is the best way to set up a foundation of potentially being friends with them again in the future. Yeah, you've got to set up for every possibility here. And unfollowing them is is actually the way to do that. Man, this was so much easier in the days of LiveJournal. Yeah. You could have filtered entries, which I used. You could have private journal. You could have public entries. Wow. So glad those are all erased. But you were such a nerd. I, oh, love I loved live journal. Man, I wonder if I can still find my old live journal. Nobody Google that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. But yeah, like I, I feel like this is I hate to say this about any question that we get, but this does feel cut and dry to me. It does. Yeah. Because like the consequences of you unfollowing or soft blocking or whatever aren't tremendous. Yeah. They're just it's just quietly taking care of something. It's kind of like, let's say, removing their phone number from your top five contacts list. Right. That's it's an important move, but it's small, you know? Like just do it. Yeah. And also like it just doesn't matter. Like unfollow whoever, you know? Like it doesn't matter. If they care, it's their problem. You're just done and that's fine. And like again, maybe keep his ass on LinkedIn so you have professional acquaintances, but like seriously, that's it. I just Googled how big is the universe. It says the observable universe is 93 billion light years in diameter. Wow. And no one in there cares if you unfollow this person. <laughs> not to not to like minimize your problems because it's because oh, ru- no. it's rude when people are like all the problems in the world and you care about this. That's no, not no, what no, I mean. No, no. What I mean is no one in the observable universe should care. Yeah. It, like you are in actual and real pain from an actual and real traumatic experience, which is losing somebody who is close to you. And that is accurate. Like as much as we're like, oh, this is cut and dry or whatever. It's only because we know that if you have a headache, you take freaking ibuprofen. If you don't want to be reminded about this person, you got to unfollow them. And again, it's not like getting a freaking vasectomy. You know, you don't have to like go into the doctor and like schedule an appointment and ice your nads for like, I don't know how many days. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Right. Yeah. You, If you want to follow them again, you can. If you have a close friend to whom you can talk to about this, make them do it. Be like, hey, Trin, <laughs> here's my Twitter account. Can you make me, can you just press the button on unfollow here? I can't bring myself to do it, but it needs to be done. That's so cute. I would unfollow so many men for you. I know. I know you would. Too late. I've already unfollowed all the men in my life. All of the men. I only followed Jeff Prost now. (laughs) (laughs) I went far, far back into Jeff Prost's Twitter the other night because I was trying so hard to find out who the fuck this person is. Like you want to understand. I want to. I'm so curious about this guy because 
Well, I spend every evening with him now, but I really... Him and uh, Jeopardy guy. Yeah, Alex Trebek, who is such an asshole. But uh, Jeff Frost, <laughs> I suspect, is not an asshole. And I'm so... I'm just trying to understand, like, is this guy a robot? Is he a Survivor robot? What is his deal? But his entire Twitter feed is all about Survivor. It's only talking about Survivor. Did he, like, make the show or is he just the host? He's a producer. Oh, he's a producer. Yeah, I know. So it was like, hey, uh, get ready for Survivor, 8 p.m. Central tonight. You got a great episode of Survivor. Oh, you want to send me your tapes for Survivor? I'm like, do you ever have, do you have friends? No. Do you have family? His, his family is the Survivor online community. I can't find anything out about this guy. My fellow Jeff Prost fans out there, send me what you know. Well, I mean, if you think, okay, no, let's get real in-depth with Jeff Probst just just momentarily. And Ian, you better fucking not cut this. Yeah, or you're fired. <laughs> or you're fired. <laughs> um, so Jeff Probst, I mean, really, Survivor was one of the first, like, reality shows that really kicked shit off. Yeah. You know, because, like, before it was just, like, MTV Road Rules or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Survivor was the first, like, uh, I and, and I could be wildly wrong about this, and I'm making these statements with almost no research having been done or, like, reading having been done either. You're right. Survivor predates September 11th. Holy shit. I know. That's how old Survivor is. That's so, how old Jeff Probst is. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, if you think about this, like, he made it his life's work to film hungry people on an island, <laughs> and it's been 20 years, and it's working out pretty well for him. I honestly can't blame him for being way into this weird thing he created. I know. I mean, I'm way into it. What's his middle name? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, he's got a website that has not been updated since 2003, I would say. And I'm going to show it to you right now. Ready, Trin? Yeah. Get ready for this actual animation. Look at his face. Wait, did he just bounce? Did He He just bounced! Everyone, is that jeffprost.com? Jeffprost.com. Oh. He's got a contact page. This page, this website hasn't been updated since 2003. <laughs> I am just so fascinated by this character. Wow, he's, he's, a written, a, he's written a lot of books. Wow. About Survivor? <laughs> Oh, just about survivors. They're all called like Stranded or Stranded 2. He's a Scorpio. Oh, that's interesting, I guess. Should we move on? I question talked a two. lot about Survivor already. I think question two is a good a good idea, Jeff. Let's do it. Question two. <laughs> this question makes me giggle because I can just, I can, this is like a, a page out of the life of a 22-year-old online. And it makes me so happy. Please emphasize the parts that are written in all caps. I will. Don't you worry, girlfriend. Last year, I joined an online community and made some online friends who are even from the same country as me. Near the end of the year, we all met up for the first time in person at a convention. After the con, I realized I was developing a slight crush on some of them, but I just left it. Because it's fun to have small crushes, and I'm a straight cis man, and they're bi cis women, and I don't want to make them uncomfortable in a space which is already quite hostile towards them. That's like the best line ever written, by the way. Extremely good job with yeah, all of that. That was very good. Recently, however, one of these friends made some clothes. And when I asked to see them, they showed me a photo of them wearing it. And I realized that I definitely had a crush on them. And they were definitely <laughs> very cute. <laughs> Please help me figure out how to deal with online crushes. Thank you so much, Jen and Trin. How do I deal with crushes on online friends? I'm at a complete loss as to what to do. I do want to read the P.S. Yeah, on this it's, one. It's precious. <laughs> P.S. For fun extra info. When I joined this community, two of these women were flirting very regularly together. And although it's dropped back in recent times, to my knowledge, it's added to my hesitance and confusion on what I should do. Oh, you precious little boy. I enjoy this because 
I I feel a kinship with you. Yeah. I like that you have an internet community that's kind of blending into your IRL community. And I like that you said you have crushes on some of them. And I can feel your confusion. I, yeah, yeah. I feel like you've just been like dipped into the, the pool of hormones and horniness that is online. Yeah. And you don't know what to do with the feelings that you're feeling. Oh, boy. Welcome. Welcome to the Thunderdome. The P.S. kills me. The P.S. is... This is, I think, the cutest thing because people are just flirting left and right. It's a big online cuddle pile. Yeah. Yeah. And the women are flirting. How? With wow. the women. Oh, scandal. Yeah. Don't oh. get me wrong. I don't, oh. feel, I don't feel you being like biphobic here. Oh, not at but all. But I can no. feel you being confounded. Mm-hmm. Probably in a loving way. Like, oh, my God, everyone's flirting with each other. Yeah. 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 That's uh, that's kind of how it is. It's like a, it's the so queer communities on the Internet in your, like your mid to late 20s is basically what the straight experience in college is. Like, that's when you start banging people because now, you know. Oh, yeah. Now you found your people. You found. Exactly. Your, yes. Um, man, but honestly, like, don't do anything like light flirting on the Internet costs nothing and gives you a little thrill. Right. Absolutely. And like you're going to get a lot of crushes in your life. Sounds like you already have a couple. You <laughs> in the, Earlier in the question, you had a crush on some of them. And then later in the question, you had a one of the person that showed you their clothes. There's more than one crush situation. here. You got a lot of feelings. And that's good. Life is a smorgasbord of people's mouths. Yeah. Put your mouth on whatever one you want. Yeah. And, I, I mean, as with consent, with consent, obviously. You're not an idiot. I don't think you should should or need to act on these crushes, though, in this case. Like, um, I have a crush on Michael B. Jordan right now that is just thriving. Yeah. And I don't act on it. Yeah. I mean, I always assumed that was out of respect for your husband, Chris Evans. True. True. I do have to respect uh, the person to whom I am formally wed. Yes. Captain America. Your primary. My yeah, primary. <laughs> yes. He's one of many. Uh, but so I'm just now honestly just thinking about Michael B. Jordan. Did you see that video? Oh, did I? You did. Didn't oh yeah, you? the elevator. Yeah, I can't even. It's just we let's remember to link that in the notes. It is crucial that you guys all see this. It just seems like you're in an online community where everybody flirts with everything that moves, and that's that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You can be a good professional flirt. Yeah, I uh. You said you you said you're at a loss of what to do, and I think you don't need to do anything. Enjoy like, it. Yeah, enjoy it. Like you didn't mention your relationship status or the other person's relationship status. You also didn't mention if you live close to each other. All you said was same country, which makes me feel like they live in the same country but far away from each other because the internet makes everything seem much closer than it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't think you do anything because yeah. realistically, what what would you do? Right. Like, you don't seem to want a relationship with anybody, which is fine. I mean, I, maybe you want to, like, have, like, weekend escapades with them. I, I feel like it's just not there yet. And I think that you are right for backing up a little bit and allowing them to drive the car because they are the women. That's a really good point. We're getting some cues in this question that you are OK stepping back and letting this community flourish the way it is. And I think that's that's really smart. I think you should go to another meetup with them, go yeah. to another convention and enjoy crushes on people that you see like two or three times a year. I think from the context of these questions, it seems like you are enjoying having these like vacation crush friends. You know, those people you see once a year and like maybe and I, I know I already said online cuddle pile, but like really that's what like young nerds do in like hotel rooms. <laughs> Jen, you look like I just threw up on the table. I, uh, yeah. You don't like touching. As a lifelong nerd, as a, someone who's been to conventions and many nerd things, nerds love to touch. They're horny as fuck. They're, they're very horny and very touchy at conventions. And I'm not, I don't want that. 
<laughs> but they all do, you know, which but is good. But if you do yes. and you other people do, have fun. You know what? I think my number one piece of advice for this asker is to remember that you are in an interesting position because you are a cis male kind of adopted by all these like bi women. That's awesome. That is very cool. That probably means you're awesome. Yeah. And, and it means that they view you as being a safe person to act like this around. So stay a safe person. If you want to strengthen this into a relationship or something like that, then you, you need to like very firmly make that decision to move forward. But if you are cool with being in this like nebulous, like, oh, you're cute and so are you. And like, maybe she'll kiss me sometime, but maybe she won't. Who knows? Like your own little Riverdale. Then if you like that, then just be a very safe, very cool dude who is not expecting anything from them. Man, you're in an awesome position because you have a lot of cool bi lady friends who like spending time with you. Yes. And whether or not that mean that will turn into relationships or whether feelings will be reciprocated, you have some cool friendships going on. Yeah, totally. You're going to learn a fuckload about women. Oh my god, yeah. You're going to be so prepared for whatever your next crush is outside yes. of this group. You're going to be so solid. <laughs> <laughs> I just um I really love the idea of everybody just yeah, just let the ladies make the first moves. Maybe you guys will like have sex at a con one day. Like who knows? Like <laughs> I'm allergic to that idea. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's what happens. It is. It yeah. is. Are, like do you do you have a condom on you? You need... Okay, that's the other thing. Okay. I was joking, but I'm not joking. Let's talk about this, okay? We need you to be prepared for all eventualities. Everyone fucks at conventions. Everyone fucks at conventions. Have gum on you. Have condoms. Lube. You're a man, so you might not know this, but lube is extremely important, okay? So just, like, have, don't expect anything, but be prepared. Be the really cool guy who can be a great outlet for these women's sexual frustrations annually. Oh, my God. This is awesome. Like, this is my favorite, uh, favorite question we've had in a while. This is my favorite question we've ever had from a man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, competition's not very... <laughs> we honestly get... We do get some good questions No, we from do. Men, Sometimes I just want to be like... Again, really, you need me to tell you this again. It's important for us to take you men down a notch, you know, um, even, but we are happy you're here. Yeah. I, we vote, Turn and I are always surprised by the amount of male listeners we have. Yeah. And, uh, cause it, that was never, I never thought it would happen. Yeah. It was never like an explicit goal. Yeah. You know? it, just like in the beginning, we thought this would be a more female women podcast. And then we moved away from that and just made a podcast and, Look at all y'all hanging out in our in our living room. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I mean, I, there has not been a single piece of shit man who's ever emailed us. No. Yeah. No. Because these men have thought about their emotions and their thoughts enough that they're probably not dicks. Yeah, this has kind of restored my faith a tiny bit. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, congratulations, this guy. Yeah, I mean, you seem pretty cool. I would say don't make any big dramatic moves. No. Uh, enjoy yourself. Keep being nice. Keep listening to the cool bi women around you. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention, again, queer women flirt with each other online constantly. I, I haven't a single queer female uh, on a non-binary friend on the Internet who I haven't gently flirted with. And a, a big part of that is like, you know, in uh, when you're younger and queer, it is a dangerous thing to to reach out in that way. But when we've all kind of decided, yes, we're all a little like this group of people is all a little bit gay or whatever. And, and like this is our safe way of expressing that. And I can't say the word safe enough times. You will have a better time with these crushes and they will feel more at ease with you if you are a safe space. 
Yeah, that is that is pretty much key. What else is is left? We've only been recording for 25 minutes, and I feel like... And like 17 of those minutes were about Jeff Prost. And that is exactly as God intended. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Jeff Prost fan cast. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to like just kill five minutes and then yeah, wrap it? and then do our uh, business meeting. We have a business meeting. We have meeting. a business meeting. That is, really, I, that is a really good point. Okay, what else can we talk about? Like what else do you guys like? Do you want to hear about my plants? They're I, all doing, I do. I do. Good. We actually got a plant question. What was the plant do question? Do you want me to find it real yeah. quick? Okay, yeah. It was, uh, I meant to paste it in the doc, but then I forgot. While Jen looks for the plant question, I'm going to give you my general plant tips from Trin Garitano. Number one, determine which Brooklyn Nine-Nine character you most identify with. Is it Andy Samberg's character, Jake Peralta, who may forget he owns a plant sometimes? You may want a succulent. Are you an Amy Santiago who once overbrushed her teeth so much that she had to get a root canal? You probably want a tropical foliage plant that you will need to like overtend to. But if you are a Gina Linetti, if you are a person who leads with their feelings, you can handle any plant because you just got to get in touch with that plant. You got to get to third base with that plant every day. Put your fingers in the soil and see how it's feeling. Jen, do you have the plant question? I do. Hi, Jen and Trin. Around Thanksgiving, my mom rolls up to my house with this little alive European cypress as my Christmas tree because she wanted me to have something. Anyway, so now it's 12, 27. No, it's not. It's actually January 7th now. This is an old email. I have this tree and it's alive. I put some water in it. I found the attached information about the plant not helpful, though. For light, it says partial shade to full sun. That's all the kinds of light, I think. And for, <laughs> and for water, it says keep moist to establish. Isn't it established? It says it can get 15 tall. The pot is too small. If you have the time and energy, please help me. Oh, my God. This You've come to the right place because I, too, have a cypress. I have a lemon oh cypress. Oh, my God. Here um, we go. Okay. So you are 100% correct. The biggest problem that people run into with their houseplants is that there's no actual language and vocabulary that has been decided upon by the community. So you're totally right. Partial shade to full sun means basically everything. But for this context, what they mean is if the plant were outside, it would want partial shade to full sun, which means that this plant wants a shit ton of light because you can't give full sunlight in your home. So if you want the plant to like, like thrive and like really grow, you might want to invest in a light, like a plant light. Um, you definitely want to keep that plant in a west-facing or south-facing window. Um, south-facing, like most plants really love south-facing. I have mine in a west-facing window that I'll probably move back in the spring and summer because that direct sunlight might be a bit much. Just keep spinning that plant around. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it, especially if you don't end up getting supplementary light, you want to like flip that plant maybe 180 degrees like every other day just to make sure that it's getting even light. Keep moist to establish. Okay, so let's talk about a cypress. You are totally right. These plants get huge outside, but a lot of people keep cypress dwarf size. And the way that they do that is they trim the roots every um, time they repot so that they don't get tremendously bigger each time. So if you want to keep a dwarf cypress, like around like maybe three feet tall maximum, so every year... You are going to repot the plant into maybe not even necessarily a larger pot. You're going to trim the roots a little bit to maybe take a little bit off. Google trimming roots of a cypress so that you know exactly what you're doing and then repot it. And, and it should be fine. People keep cypresses inside a lot. Um, but again, like the biggest issue is usually the light because, again, it's a plant that wants all of the light when it's outside and you don't have it outside. So maybe like spring, summer, you could actually put it outside if you've got outdoor space. And uh, just a note to all listeners, if you give your, don't just give your friends plants, ask them first if they want one 
and tell them what the light requirements and stuff are because otherwise you're just giving them a small tragedy in two months. Oh my God, that is, that's the best piece of plant advice along with all the other plant advice you give. That is really funny though because like you can't give me a plant that needs a lot of light and expect it to do well. Yeah, totally. Like me too. I, I mean, so now just because I'm a weeb for plants, like I have like a, like a mini greenhouse that I built and I've got like, like a giant wall shelf and like all this shit. So yeah, definitely give me plants. Yeah, give Trin all the plants. Hey, Trin, when's this uh, Botany with Trin YouTube channel coming? You've got oh, a lot no. to say, and that was really helpful. Um, I, You know, I, I was actually thinking that I would just do an ask hole for and That's like write it out. That's a great idea. Anyway, so if you, <laughs> this has been Friendshipping with Jen and Trin. If you want to follow us online, you can at Do Friendship on Twitter. If you want to send us a question, uh, you can at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to ask me about plants, at me on Twitter. At, you, your YouTube channel should be called It's Party Time. No. Or um, how about. <laughs> what? It's Party uh, Time? Thyme. Oh, thyme. Yeah. That's pretty good, actually. How about, um... um <laughs> you just looking at plant Yeah, a online. lot of these aren't even worth repeating. <laughs> Everyone romaine calm. <laughs> That's great, because you also love vegetables. I do. I eat a lot of I'm leaves. very fond of you. <laughs> frond shipping is the thing. Yeah. Oh, no. do it, do it. Mm-hmm. Do it do well, it. at me, at me, <laughs> at Trin and Tonic. It's like a gin and tonic, but with a me in it. And I will help you with your plants, um, or tell me that you want to see me do a mini podcast about plants. I would be happy to do that. What else do we do? Oh, thank you to Ian Parvin for editing this godforsaken episode. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for designing all of our stuff. Thank you to Alex Cox, our pod father and audio daddy. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our theme song. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Your friendship at the problem.